Welcome to Inside Conference USA on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Join us over the next 60 minutes as we recap last week's matchups, preview the upcoming games, make predictions, and much more. Here's your host. Welcome inside Conference USA. Andrew Rogers, Justin Zimmer, Ben Cower here on the program. It was a long and eventful week 10. Every team in Conference USA, or at least that's still in Conference USA, played this past week against each other. All 14 teams were in action. A lot of exciting action to get to to recap week 10 before we preview week 11. And then obviously college basketball began yesterday, so we'll run through some scores about halfway through, probably at the top of the hour here at 6, to let you know what happened to begin Conference USA men's basketball season. Got some realignment talk as well. You know, yeah, talking, obviously you, realignment. You got some new members joining Conference USA, and the big headline of the day, the Liberty Flames joining Conference USA effective 2023. Yep. So we'll start this edition with a recap of Week 10. We'll start with UAB at home defeating Louisiana Tech 52-38. to It was a game where quarterback Austin Kendall, who's been getting most of the starts for Louisiana Tech, did not play in this game. Uh, Coach Skip Holtz decided to go with J.D. Head, a true freshman, and Head was able to throw for nearly 200 yards, two touchdowns, but UAB's running attack was too much. UAB runs for seven touchdowns and nearly 300 yards in the victory here against the Bulldogs. A very good offensive performance. Defensively, question marks to give up 38 to Louisiana Tech, but offensively, the ground game was in sync. Yeah, I think you talk about 38 points, you know, just you, you looked at the score. Is that the best score of the week? No. I mean, you you obviously want to limit the points scored, but Louisiana Tech struggles again. They Austin Kendall was not a go. You bring in a you bring in a backup quarterback, you see how he does. I mean, he fared fairly well. I mean, 12 for 19, so they really no, sorry, that was sorry, that was Hopkins. 20 for 35. You know, Williams, you talk about the ground game. I, I think that's one of those things where I think you know, I, 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 you look back at our first episode, we were talking about, oh, Marcus Williams, the App State transfer, he's going to be good for the program. He really has not been that good. But, you know, you look at the good night. I mean, for UAB, they have a great rushing attack, 295, 182 through the air. But I'm going to go right to third downs, Andrew, three for 10. So you, you got to clean that up a little bit, especially for UAB, because they're still in the thick of trying to win the conference. And so you got to start playing a lot cleaner football. And you got to start making more third downs because they have a tough – the final three games are very difficult. Marshall this week, UTSA next week, and then UTEP Thanksgiving week. Yeah, another thing to point out about UAB in this victory, 12 penalties for 130 yards. That's a lot of yardage on penalties, a lot of penalties in general. So a couple of things there to note about UAB, who does become bowl eligible, now one of four Conference USA schools to become bowl eligible. Tied with the American in the Sun Belt, funny enough. Yeah. Uh, there's a graphic that they had the American and Sun Belt and all, all the alignment. The and two conferences where teams are moving to each have four teams. Bowl and, there, eligible, and there's so. three five-win Conference USA teams. So, so in a you matter could, of a you, week, you could you, have three more added to that list. And then there's only one four-win team, and then there's a bunch of three-win teams. So Conference USA could get in a situation where they may get those five-win teams to finally get over that hump eventually, but then maybe nobody else behind them. And the other issue then is like when you when you get to that scenario, Andrew, like you only have a certain you, you get a couple selected bowl games. But then the rest it's like pool and then it's a lot of it's like a jigsaw puzzle. So you might have a couple teams that could actually get left out of a pool. You also have to think of that possibility. 
We'll move on. North Texas takes down Southern Miss. Back-to-back victories for the Mean Green, a 38-14 victory. How about this, though? Southern Miss scores the first 14 points of the football game, went up 14 to nothing. had a pick six from Jay Stanley, and after one quarter, it was all Southern Miss. Most of the second quarter, it was still all Southern Miss. It wasn't until Isaiah Johnson had an eight-yard touchdown run in the second quarter to make it 14-7. Southern Miss had the lead at halftime, a 21-point third quarter for North Texas, followed up by 10 more points in the fourth quarter. Gives North Texas 38 unanswered against the Golden Eagles on the road for the second conference victory of the season for the Mean Green. Yeah, Southern Miss had one pick six in this game, but also just just overall you, you get 14 points. They finally had a good start. I think all year we've talked about Southern Miss. It's been, oh, Southern Miss is crap. They can't get off to a good start. They can't finish. Well, they got one element done. They got off to a good start. They got 14 points unanswered. What happened then was what typical Southern Miss this year. They just collapsed. They don't play good. And for Will Hall in this team, I mean, the year's done. You might as well go look at your guys. You bring Jake Langan. He goes 17 for 25, 118, one touchdown. Frank Gore has an okay performance. Austin Honey has a good performance, you know, for North Texas. But, yeah, just just another bad performance for Southern Miss. They finally got off to a good start. So, at this point, you just hope the momentum starts going. Maybe they can get off to a better start. Maybe they can win a ball game off of a good start, at least in conference play. But still, still problems in Hattiesburg. Well, I mean, they, they have FIU. so Right. Well, I mean, they have FIU coming up, but I'm just saying, well, FIU, I mean, FIU, I wasn't going to bring this up, but when we're talking about FIU, they just fired their athletic director today. So, well, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, we talked about Butch Davis's job situation, you know, whenever a new AD comes in, multiple people are going to be getting axed. But I'm, I'm just saying, you know, they had FIU coming up, and Southern Miss is going to have to get off to a good start. FIU's got more problems than just bad football they, they, they're gonna do a whole revitalization of that department good good to see in this game for north texas a couple of young running backs have really good games isaiah johnson 119 yards and a touchdown ikaya ragsdale a freshman from vegas uh ends with 112 and two touchdowns on the ground as a team north texas well over 300 yards rushing and three touchdowns not even getting a great performance from their starting running back deandre torrey he only ran the ball for 40 yards so Good to see North Texas kind of figuring things out here and being able to develop a, a ground game. And again, the same story pretty much throughout the season for Southern Miss is just nothing really moving that well offensively. Frank Gore Jr. has one of his be- better weeks running the football, averaged nearly seven yards a carry, 12 touches, 482 yards. That's his second best performance on paper this season. The only other one better is the only win Southern Miss has this season. So we'll see maybe if the Golden Eagles moving forward can. Bit a little bit of momentum after getting off to the good start, but they've got to be able to find a way to sustain that and, and play better consistent defense, especially against the running attack. And, and this week's not going to be easy. You get the 23rd ranked now, CFP ranked, 23rd UTSC runners, which we'll talk about later on in the program. All right, let's go to Charlotte. The 49ers are now one win away from going dancing in the bowl season. They saw the Rice Owls on Saturday night. Overtime, Andrew. Charlotte wins it in overtime, 31-24. Your thoughts on this one? Yeah, this was a huge game for Charlotte because of where they sit in the conference standings, and we'll hit on that a little bit later. They needed this football game. A third loss in conference play pretty much puts you out of the, the, the picture. But if you stay at two losses, tiebreakers, that sort of thing here in the East Division, you never know if you can win out at 8-4 and four and 6-2 and two in conference play. You beat the right teams and you get some help. Charlotte still has a chance in this East Division, and they got a huge victory having to come from behind to beat a really good 
Rice-Owls team. This was a team that was up 24-14 with six minutes left in the football game. Charlotte puts together a long drive to get a field goal, cuts it to a touchdown game with four minutes left. The defense had to come up with a stop. They forced a three and out. The offense got the ball back five plays, 80 yards in less than a minute and a half to tie the football game. You go to overtime, the first play of overtime, 25-yard touchdown pass from Reynolds. The ensuing drive for Rice trailing by a touchdown, eating a touchdown. They turn the football over, and the game ends. So 17 unanswered points in the final four minutes of regulation in the first play of overtime. It was an example of a Charlotte team. When they're at home, they play well. They fed off the momentum late in the football game to, to really save the season in Conference USA because if they lose this football game, they're out of the picture, and then they're playing from behind in terms of getting to a bowl game. This is a huge win for the program to be able to come back, face adversity, and get over the hump of nearly losing a close game because Rice is a dangerous team. They beat UAB. They always like to slip up on these teams, especially on the road, but Charlotte able to get the survival here, able to survive here and keep the season going. Well, you brought up one thing about Charlotte's chances. I think they're slim to none. They're, they have they have everything to lose right now. And you talk about them not being good at home. They got one home game left. They're, they are good at home. Well, they are. I say they are good at home. I'm, I'm going to bring up a point, though. You said they're not good on the road. Yeah. They got one home game left, and that's against the East Division leading Marshall Thundering Herd. The, the two of your last three games are against La Tech and Old Dominion. Are they winnable? Yes, but you're not good on the road, so you, you at least got to preface it with be careful. So I think overall you just got to consider the end of the schedule. It's not just an easy, okay, walk into the conference, at least to winning the East Division. Now to Reynolds, another phenomenal performance, 20 for 29, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, constantly at least one pick. Rice held it their own. We talk, and you talk about Rice being a good football team in these kind of games. They gave Charlotte a run for their money. Andrew and Ben, they practically almost eliminated Charlotte from the, the from any title contention. So Rice is a good team. They just they I, they're a good team in this sense. They know when to show up. They 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 they're they're the party spoiler. They just want to come in and spoil every the ruins. And so I think Rice, look, Rice is Rice can give teams a run for their money, and, and Rice will have to play a couple teams that are in the mix late in the year. So. If you're these other teams that Rice is going to have to play, be careful because looking at Rice's schedule, UTEP's there. Could cause UTEP some problems if they want to make a last-minute run. West Kentucky this week, that could cause some problems, at least in these. So you can't just sleep on Rice, guys, because I think Rice can. I think Rice is going to play, might, be, might play spoiler. Yeah, overall, obviously, and I think year in and year out, we know Rice is always a dangerous football team. Just the way they play, they want to control the football they controlled it in this game, nearly had it for or they had it for over more than thirty seven minutes. So Charlotte had the football twenty two total minutes out of the sixty minutes. So the Owls style running the football downhill, it's tough to stop. It wears you down, but it didn't wear down Charlotte as the 49ers able to hold on. Western Kentucky Oh, I think Ben wanted to I was I was just gonna make up. a just to make a point. Uh since that I, I believe it was the loss to the Roadrunners that kinda kicked Rice into gear. Mm-hmm. Where Ever since they lost forty-five to nothing uh, versus the Roadrunners UTSA, uh, they lost by one sc- or they beat UAB by one score. They lost by one score to North Texas, and they were within one score of beating Charlotte. It seems like <laughs> they have Rice's. Uh, they've scored twenty-four points in the last two games each, twenty-four, twenty-four. But they're so close to winning these games. But ever since that that blowout loss to UTSA, 
It's like they've been a different team. I think it motivated them. I think it told them, like, I think that's one of those, like, hey, we lost, we were embarrassed. Okay, it's go time. And they're doing what they did last year. I'll probably say this. I'm actually going to say this because I think this is, I think this is going to happen. Rice is going to spoil someone's chance at win the title. Just just a tra- try again. Rice, I'll say again for you, Andrew. I think Rice is going to spoil one of their one of the teams that are playing Western UTEP. They're going to probably spoil at least one team's chances. I would not be surprised. I'll I'll, I'll make one of those guarantees because I, I think it's going to happen. I could see UTEP. I, can see, I mean, UTEP is on a bit, has been on a bit of a slide, so possibly UTEP. And then Western has shown, you know, I mean, they've been on a run as of late, but, you know, that ineptness on defense may return at any moment, so you don't know. All right. Well, yeah, let's you move talk on. About Western. Let's go, let's let's go, go right over. Western, over. Middle Tennessee State. Now I want to talk about this one specifically because last week on this program I said this is a coming out party for Western Kentucky's defense. We talk about the offense week in and week out. Bailey Zappi's throws for five touchdowns or four touchdowns weekly he's got 37 touchdowns this season it leads the nation he leads the nation in passing yards and he puts up 281 and four scores again this week but western kentucky's defense intercepts five middle tennessee state passes forces two fumbles or excuse me six passes five from the starter uh nick vadiato and then the one from the backup, seven turnovers forced by the Western Kentucky defense. I said it would be a coming out party for this Western Kentucky defense, not because of the opponent. I mean, a little bit because but, of the right. opponent, because of middle. But I, it was a good, it was a good opportunity for people that follow the Hilltoppers and follow Conference USA football to realize we talk about the offense, but this defense is low key, underrated, and very solid and experienced. And they showed it in this game: seven turnovers forced. They only allowed twenty-one points, fourteen of which came in the first half when the game was out of reach already. I said it last week. It was going to yeah, happen. Yeah, you the did say it last week, and I, uh, I'm not down that. I wouldn't use the term coming out party. Why? To, seven turnovers. Well, seven turnovers. it's impressive, but you just consider Cunningham was not the quarterback for Middle Tennessee. They Correct. They didn't get Middle Tennessee with all their with, with their with their normal starting lineup. If it, if Cunningham was the quarterback, if he started and look five turn five interceptions by Vitalo is unacceptable. He's gonna be he should be benched. Uh, I'm sorry he he he, he should be. That that's 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 one of the most horrendous QBRs I've seen. Thirteen point six and the other guy got twenty three point five. Not really too impressive. But you talk about if they if Middle Tennessee had Cunningham and they were all guns a blazing, I'd say coming out party. I, I, I'm just with the opponent. I don't really think. I would try Ben. And just just as a note, it's almost a pattern here where, again, UTSA, whenever a team plays the Roadrunners, it seems like they that's the, the game that turns the program around a little bit because ever since Western lost to UTSA in that shootout, 52-46, to 46, the Western defense has not given up more than 21 points in any game. Yep. Middle is the 21, and since then uh, they only gave up 20 to ODU, 19 to FIU, 13 to Charlotte. I mean, their defense has improved since that point. I don't know what it is with UTSA, but whenever somebody plays, uh, well, let's keep in mind like too. Charlotte around. did not have Reynolds in that game either. Yeah, so the point. starting quarterbacks back-to-back weeks they faced a backup quarterback, so we won't the, get yeah, too that, ahead that, of ourselves. That's why I don't want to call it a breakout. But, Seven turnovers is seven turnovers. Oh, it is. It's a Division One quarterback. It's not like they got the guy off the street 
in free in the college right. football free agency and said, "Hey, can you perform well for us this week against not like Southern a, Miss. a solid team?" Yeah, it's not the Southern Miss situation. But again, the offense was there for Zappy, uh, obviously for Western. Two eighty-one, four scores, a couple of different wide receivers caught a pass again. Jareth Stearns, we talk about him weekly. Another double-digit catch week, eleven catches, two hundred or one hundred and ten yards. He broke the school record for receptions in a season, and there's three games left. Keep that in mind. He he's, has one hundred. Smash it. He's yeah. got one hundred and four catches with three games left this season. So he's going to surpass one twenty at least. Might surpass one twenty by next week's program. All right, boys, let's go down to Boca Raton. The Marshall Thunderherd defeat the Florida Atlantic Owls twenty-eight to thirteen. This game, we, Andrew, we, you and I have talked a lot about special teams on this show this year. How about a kickoff return? Fourteen seconds in, Jaden Harrison was frogging his way into the end zone for a 7-0 lead, but Marshall, once again, another dominant performance. Willie Johnson, the Boca native, standout night. Five receptions for 140 yards and a touchdown. So, Andrew, your thoughts on what could potentially, what I could say this probably, now eliminate the Owls from contention in, in, in CUSA. Yeah, the Owls are still alive, too. Any team with two losses is alive. Just because well, they're going to need a lot of help, though. Because well, here's the thing of this, though. Marshall Western play each other. They already have one loss, so there's another two-loss team. Marshall's right. got UAB this week, could have two losses going into that. So there's a lot to play out with good competition. Two losses has won the East Division in some but, years. But two losses, you're going to need help just at this point. There are so many teams with tiebreakers. Anybody's in it. You play it as if anybody still has that chance because there's so many tiebreakers that can factor in to all these two-loss categories. But the key in this game for Marshall to win was, I mean, you get off to the good start with the special teams, and then FAU scores 13 in a row, but it's the defense. The defense has taken a turn in these last in these past several games for this team because dating back to really the second half against Middle Tennessee State, 13 to Old Dominion, 21 to North Texas, Two touchdowns of those coming late in the football game when it was 49-7. to Shut out FIU, and then only 13 points, one offensive touchdown to an FAU team that's got some really good skill players. So for this team to continue to play well, and keep in mind, they've not allowed a offensive score in the third quarter all season. Yeah. In nine games, that's impressive to say the least. So this defense is why Marshall has continued to play well and has won four conference games in a row. The offense is fine. Wells has been good despite a turnover here and there weekly. The running game's been good, but at the defense, the defense has been carrying Marshall. Not carrying Marshall, but the defense has been a focal point and a main cog for why this team continues to win football games because offensively they weren't great this week, but the defense came up and made big plays to get off the field, get the, get the football back in the hands of Wells and Ali to chew some clock and made enough key plays, winning plays, to hold off FAU. And that's a tough place to play on the road. And Marshall ends yet another FAU home winning streak. FAU won 12 home games in a row. Last time they lost, Marshall. They lost yeah. to them again at, at FAU Stadium. And I thought, I think these guys had a lot of emotion into it. You talk about the guys like Willie Johnson, the Sam Burns, they're from Florida. I was on, I was on the post-game Zoom call Saturday night, and I asked Willie Johnson, you know, what – reflecting on that night like what is this going to mean to him in 10 to 15 years I don't remember his exact answer but you could just tell like he's emo- he was emotional about it because I mean you know for a lot of these guys they're all Florida kids and so you know I think they had a lot of pride and how about this Willie Johnson had 56 people he he, he had a lot of tickets and it, they all went out there and I think you know I think for these guys playing in Florida kind of juiced them up a little bit and Andrew, you know, I, I think you and I were talking about this last week. You know, with guys getting juiced up, you know, sometimes you make more mistakes. They they played flawless game. Yep. 
We'll move on. Another East Division matchup, Old Dominion and Florida International. How about Old Dominion? 47 points uh, put up against FIU on the road for the victory for the Old Dominion Monarchs. Back-to-back victories for Old Dominion. Get to 3-6. and six. It was a shootout in the first quarter. It was 24-10 Old Dominion. Neither team scored in the second quarter, so the, all the offense was really in the first half scored. In the first quarter, Old Dominion <clears throat> puts together a solid second half to hold off a surge from FIU to win this one 47-24. But the story is this Old Dominion team continuing to prove week by week. Hayden Wolf gets to start again, puts together another fine performance. Not a great completion percentage, but the ground attack was effective and it opened up plays through the air. Yeah, and this is the night that, I, and this was a game last week. I was kind of confused about, kind of going into it. I'm like, well, what are we going to see here? You got two teams that are struggling. Ben's talked a lot about how UTSA's affected programs. You know how how teams have gotten their gear on. I think for Old Dominion, this win, this is going to get them in gear. At least, you know, I, I I don't know how much bowl eligibility chances they have, guys. But I think this is going to at least build the build the foundation for like, hey, listen, stay here. We're actually building something. So I think this is going to be a huge win for Old Dominion just going on in the future. Borden Schlager, he didn't Borden sling it across the field. You know, 315, that's, you know, okay. 20, you know, but Hayden Wolf's the guy, I think, down in Norfolk. And Devontae Price, not the leading rusher. It was a Joseph who who, got, who was leading rusher that day. But Old Dominion, this is a momentum game for them. I think when we look back in a couple of years, if Old, when, Old, when Old Dominion's in the Sun Belt, well, actually, they're going to have to go through growing pains again, so never mind. But... And next year, if Old Dominion's good, I think this is going to be the catalyst for them to start building the, their climb under Rick, Ricky Ronnie. The theme for solid programs in Conference USA is the ability to run the football, ignoring Western Kentucky and what the offense has been able to do this season. Well, but they ran it a lot last the year. This year they've gone to the passing game. Well, well last year they still even struggled against the or to struggle to run the football. But a theme for winning football teams in this conference: the ability to run the football and the ability to beat FIU. <laughs> Well, anybody can well, do that. Well, I mean, FIU's <laughs> AD's down on the job. I mean, that's, uh, but every, every single that's been one the of key. the top teams is like That's been the key. UAB last year won victory. the conference, and they ran the football effectively. Marshall wasn't on the field for more than 20 minutes offensively Ooh. with the football. you got to be able to run the football in this league, and that's what has paid dividends for Ooh. teams to win championships in Conference USA. The final game of the week, UTSA on national television takes down UTEP to improve to 9-0 and and get into the rankings at 23. CFP rankings. Yep, we should, we should, we should preface that because now you're at the point where you have three rankings, but the CFP is the one that matters, so 23. Correct. And UTSA moves into the poll with a big victory over UTEP, 44-23. to A great start from the Roadrunners to really put away UTEP in the first half, 30-9 to at halftime in favor of UTSA. They piled on in the second half of the 44-23 to victory. Again, balance. Uh, if you can run the football, you mix it in with a good passing attack, you're going to win football games. Sincere McCormick won another great day, 170 in a score. Frank Harris, 286, two scores. UTEP plays a fault, flawless game, no turnovers. Penalties a little bit up there, but yeah, there is not really anything that I can say that UTSA did not do well in this football game. UTEP just ran into a good football team that's playing excellent. Yeah, and you talk about, I mean, UTEP, I think, had struggles all night, but, you know, you talk about UTSA. This was, the, I think, this is, was the breakout win. That, we talked about UTSA kind of last week getting disrespected by the committee. I think this is the game that they need to kind of say, okay, you know, we're not, we're not, you know, we're not just this little group of five team like in Maction and we're not going to get ranked. This win, I think, propelled them into the rankings, but 
Benny, we've talked about how when teams have played UTSA, that's kind of when they get on their giddy-up. I think UTEP's about to get on that giddy-up and start going, but, you know, UTSA, you're in the rankings right now. You, I, I think we basically can say uh, whoever's winning the East is going to have to go to San Antonio, and that's going to be a tough night because you might be playing. I hate to break it. I think 23 to 25 is their cap in the poll, in the rank, at least when I, if I'm sitting down there doing top 25, I put them at 25 last night because I don't really think they're going to go much further than the 20s. But great win for UTSA. This is a statement win. I think it's a big win on really two levels. Obviously, where they sit right now, you know, undefeated in the West Division. We'll go through the standings here before we go to break. But undefeated, going on the road in Conference USA, national television. Sometimes when you're a program that's not really been in a situation like this, when you're playing so good, you're undefeated, people are talking about you more, then you go on the road to a UTEP team that's playing just as, I mean, they're playing, having just as good yeah. of a season, obviously not undefeated or something like of that nature, but a team that's playing just as good football and smack them handily to win that football no, game. That is an down. impressive win. This is an impressive win. I thought this would be a close football game, but from the jump, you could just see on the field, first play of the game, McCormick mm-hmm. takes a long run. You could tell from the get-go, UTSA was ready to roll in this football game. And we'll pick it up here. West Division standings, UTSA uh, 5-0 and in the West Division, 9-0 and in overall play this season. UAB is right there. It seems to be maybe a two-horse race in the West right now at the top. UTSA 5-0, and UAB's 4-1, and UTEP's 3-2. and on the outside looking in, because UTSA's got that tiebreaker, UTEP would need three UTEP's losses. Gonna need, yeah, new, UTEP's going to need some help. In. So UTEP's pretty much eliminated from winning the West Division. So yeah. is North Texas and Rice, who are both 2-3. and three. La Tech's 1-4. And, and Southern Miss is 0-5 and five in conference play. We had a lot of passengers on that submarine this week in the West. Yeah. The Only three. Well, we went from very competitive a couple of weeks ago when there was a bunch of teams there at the top to there only being three above 500 in conference play West Division teams. November what 20th, about the East? Okay, we're doing the little roll reverse. I'll get to the East this time. All right. Marshall is the, leading, Marshall is the top dog right now, tied with West Kentucky at 4-1 in conference play. FAU and Charlotte are tied at 3-2. and two. Middle Tennessee at 2-3. and three. They're down with Old Dominion. And FIU down at the bottom at 0-5. and five. And so the East right now, Andrew, we talked about it. Still competitive. There's still a little bit of room. But it's gonna be it's gonna be a dogfight to the end. Yeah, and it's gonna be a dogfight. I'm I'm looking back to 2019 to see the football standings that season because I can remember that same season, the first year we started doing this program. It was a dogfight. To here it is, FAU won the division at seven and one, but Western Kentucky and Marshall are both six, six and, and two. two. Yeah, so there's always that outside chance where FAU slips up one more time. Depending on how that three-way tiebreaker goes, and Charlotte was five and three that season too, so they were right around there as as well. There's always that fighting chance if you get in a three-way, maybe a four-way tiebreaker. You don't know which way that goes. Obviously, Charlotte at three and two has already lost to FAU and Western, so they have to beat Marshall and hope Marshall beats Western. So at that point, Charlotte's got to hope for teams to beat up each other and somehow. You know, standings wise, they're like the Cincinnati and the CFP. They're they're, hoping for carnage. They're hoping for a lot of beat up. FAU's lost to Marshall, and the Owls still get Western Kentucky coming out. So there's still FAU to play Western and Marshall to play Western because Marshall's already beat FAU. So FAU's got to beat Western and then hope Marshall 
loses to Western. There's so much that goes on in the month of November, but a team like FAU at 3-2 and two still has a fighting chance because you beat Western, they've got two losses, then you hope Western goes and beats Marshall to get, give them two losses pending Marshall's one a one-loss conference team heading in to that final week of the season. So there's so much to talk about in November. We'll take a break, come back, men's basketball realignment, realignment and we'll preview the week 11 week 11 yep couldn't remember what you're listening to inside conference usa on the cutting edge sports radio network to be fully fit you have to be physically fit you also have to be mentally fit i wish that more warriors would realize how important it is that you get the psychological support that you need so that you can focus on the rest of your life i think it takes strength in order to admit that you have an issue but it also takes intuitiveness of a friend a leader a supervisor to pick up on the signal that the soldier is having issues and needs to seek professional help in dealing with it it's also important for the lowest possible levels of leadership to be very supportive in helping their members get the help that they need. When I went to get help, I had more help than I could have asked for from my entire command. It's sometimes challenging to come to a senior staff member or senior officer in the unit with a problem. There's not a commanding officer out there or a leadership staff out there that doesn't want to help. So don't hesitate. Come ask. Learn more by visiting www.realwarriors.net or calling 1-866-966-1020. Your home for award-winning coverage of Marshall Athletics is right here on WMUL-FM Huntington, WFGH-FM Fort Gay, and WTHM-LP, Ravenswood, West Virginia. Hi, this is Chris Hassel, play-by-play broadcaster for CBS Sports and Stadium, and you're listening to the worldwide leader of Marshall Athletics coverage, the cutting-edge sports radio network. Back inside Conference USA, Andrew Rogers, Justin Zimmer, Ben Cower. Here on the program, a bunch of Conference USA basketball teams began play last night, including, uh, let's see, 11 of the 14 teams. Only FAU, Marshall, and Old Dominion were the three teams yet to play. Middle Tennessee State takes down Brescia by 40, 98, or by 39, 98 to 59. Georgia survives an upset over Uh, FIU. FIU is up five at halftime. Georgia battles back to win by seven. At home, Charlotte takes down Monmouth by two points, 68 to 66. UAB 102, UNC Asheville 77. Western Kentucky survives an upset from Alabama State to win 79 to 74. Josh Anderson's back, and he's already on top ten on Sports Center top ten with a massive throwdown. I asked Tavion oh. Kinsey about that earlier, and he said, "I saw it. I'll match him." He, yeah, he wants to visit the hot sauce factory. It he wants a, to give everybody the hot sauce. He was a very impressive say. dunk yeah. last night. Southern Miss wins over William Carey, 81-67. to Tay Hardy had 30. Rice defeats Pepperdine. The Owls get a good performance from Travis Evie, who scored 24. North Texas takes down Oklahoma Christian, a D2 school, by 31 points, 84-53. UTSA's a winner in the first game without Javon Jackson and Keaton Wallace. They beat Trinity University 97-66. to Alabama blows out Louisiana Tech. Thought this game would be a little bit closer, but La Tech loses by 29 points, 93-64. to And UTEP defeats Western New Mexico 85-57. to So only two teams in Conference USA lost last night. Louisiana Tech, a prohibited favorite in Conference USA, and Florida International, two games tonight. Uh, Old Dominion and FAU in action. Marshall will open the season Friday. Friday. So there's a bunch of games. We'll kind of 
read through those next Wednesday, too. And again, non-conference, we won't really talk too much about it because we're focused on football, but we'll just kind of run you through the scores, how teams are doing record-wise and such. But back to football, realignment, the well, big well, news. Well, it's for, every, it's for every sport, really. Yeah, for really for every sport. The big realignment part of the football talk here kind of is now Middle Tennessee State coming out today, Justin, saying we don't want to be in the MAC. We want to stay in Conference USA. And that put a wrench in everything the MAC had planned because the MAC originally said, if we're going to get schools in, we want Western and Middle. Well, Middle said, no, we don't want to go. So it puts Western in a situation where can we still come? So Western Kentucky has said, if the option is still there to join the MAC, we're joining the MAC. But who knows if the MAC will offer West or Western a bid now that Middle has said. We'll pop, we, we're coming back to Conference USA. We're staying because of, and it's a big, it's a yeah. big reason why is because of the Southern alignment of Conference USA. Now they liked that they drew ties and rivalries they could create through that department to stay in CUSA. Well, one thing I want to bring up is, I think it's the first time Pete Thamel, who is at all the scoops, I think he's become a new friend of our show. I really think he has. We, I think we've talked about him every week. So Middle Tennessee, it's a financial situation. That's why this move is not being done. They don't want to pay the exit fee. And really, conference just said they don't really need more money. We've we've talked about oh, just now, Brett McMurphy, with Middle Tennessee State remaining in Conference USA, the Mid American Conference officially announces it will not pursue expansion at this Ooh. time. So Middle Tennessee State just made the decision for Western. We don't want to go to the MAC, so you can't go either. <laughs> that's exactly what. Remember the rivalry there? Oh, you think, hundred oh, miles the- of hate. It's 200 miles now. <laughs> oh, it's because got 10 times. It, yeah, so, so, so that's that. So well, Western's so staying in Conference so, so, USA uh, unless they can find somewhere else. So we reacted to that now. Say it again. So we allowed to react to that? Western. Yeah, re- react. Uh, I mean, uh, well, I, I, well, we, that that's breaking news, Ben. We, we got some breaking news to talk about. Here's what I think is going to happen. If you're Western Kentucky, I think you're calling Keith Gill, the Sunbelt Commissioner, at this point. You might as well pick up the phone and see what else is out there because you think Judy McLeod's going to be happy? The Conference USA Commissioner? No. She's probably sitting there like, you tried to leave and now you're kind of forced to come back? Yeah, that's not really going to go over too well in, in the league offices, Andrew. So if you're West Kentucky, you, you, you got to get out at this point. You just simply got to get out or else things are going to get worse, just tension wise. Well, I mean, the Sun Belt said that they're not. They haven't stopped expanding yet. They've, you know, Keith Gill hasn't well, said that. Yeah, he hasn't said know, that officially. We're done expanding. Like they, it's still a an open ended, you know, offer at this point. I mean, who knows what they're going to do? There's no rumors of anybody else joining the Sun Belt, but who knows? Anything but, can change. Everything seems to change monthly. Where, you know, one 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 month from the other, uh, you know, again. What, a month and a half ago, Marshall was rumored, and then what? Now, half a month I think this ago, the first they're rumor. in the Sun Belt. I think this is the first rumor where we thought they were going to the MAC, and then this is the first time we've been. The first time it's been like, nope, we're not going. We're this not leaving. Really, the first time almost in all of this realignment that I've seen this teams kind of recoil, you know, and say, hey, I don't want to move. You know, I. Can you. What. Are there no, any teams? I, I've from not thought of any. Really, any other conference? No. Even, even with the. The power conferences. I mean, have you heard of any teams that are interested and then they say, "Yeah." Let, at let the me last say this: moment. This is the first time I've ever seen this at any con- any c- 
conference realignment where teams like interested and then like last minute like they get cold feet at the wedding altar like nope we don't want to go so again and maybe that's just one of those scenarios and cases where you'll think about it you think about it you talk to boosters and people within the athletic department that are familiar with middle tennessee state athletics and such and you think does going there help us do we benefit does it help us do we think we can succeed there and excel there does it help us with where regionally we could create rivalries? Because that's what, that's what it's all about. You right. want to get people in the stands, going to games and such. And, and Middle Tennessee can't can, do that. Middle doesn't even fill the stands up now. Well, what is what even is the entrance fee for the for the MAC? Well, we don't know. The, the, that was not made publicly. I don't think they had ever. Yeah, they, that's it's never publicly those, stated. That, that's one of those things. If they do go, then you find out eventually. But like, I can't the, imagine the entrance fee for the MAC is more than Conference USA. Where Conference Conference USA is it just depends. Yeah, my question three is three million. Like, what do you do now if you're Western? Because like Conference USA is not going to be happy with you. I don't think this. Well, I don't know if it's that. But I think they're in a spot where they have to stay. And Conference USA is going to keep them because the league is already low on members because they've already lost nine members. All right, so so it's a situation here. But I'm going to make my picks. I got to step off here to get okay. ready for Sports View, and then you I, guys I, can kind of pick up this discussion later on before you wrap up the program. Yeah. Uh, maybe after your picks. Yeah, because we're going to talk about the four new members as well. I'll read them off here. Western is at Rice. I'll take the Hilltoppers. I think Rice can give Western Kentucky a scare, but the offense for Western Kentucky is just too much. And Rice, although they have been solid defensively, I don't think they'll be able to maintain and stay up to pace with Western Kentucky's offense. Bailey Zapp's the best quarterback uh, in Conference USA and maybe all of the country. So I'll take Zappy and the Hilltoppers. UTSA ranked. Uh, I'm not even going to say who they're playing. They're playing Southern, Southern Miss. Southern yeah. So uh, 10-0 UTSA after this week. The line's 33 there. That is a large spread. La Tech's at home against Charlotte. Another matchup where a West Division team hosts an East Division team that's in contention in the East Division. La Tech, Charlotte. I'll take Charlotte on the road. La Tech's favored by a touchdown, and La Tech's 2-7. Can you believe that? I would have never told you Louisiana Tech would be 2-7 at this point in November but it is. I'll take Charlotte on the road to get to six and four to keep their East Division hopes alive. Middle Tennessee State FIU, that's a good one on Saturday. I'll take Middle Tennessee State to get to five hundred. How about the Blue Raiders one win away after this Saturday's victory, I think. Over FIU. Old Dominion FAU. FAU on the road at Old Dominion. So there's a bunch of games here, Justin, in this window where teams could get upset we've mentioned western on the road at rice we've mentioned charlotte on the road at la tech here's fau on the road at an old dominion team that's played really good football two wins in a row for the monarchs again they aren't great wins you beat a struggling la tech and a bad fiu team but a win is a win you're back at home listen i'm not going to pick old dominion but don't be surprised if we come back next wednesday and say fau is three and three in conference play i'll take the owls but by a slim margin, six points. Won't pick Marshall UAB. Quick initial thoughts on that one because I'll have the call on Saturday right here on WMUL 88.1 FM. It's a rematch yeah. of the Conference USA Championship game. I mean, you don't even have to say anything other than rematch. Like that's It's a game where, yes, the coaching staff's different for Marshall, but the players, a lot of the players, the players are still remember. there, and they remember what happened. And yes, they're still vying for the Conference East Division title, 
At the same time, it's the 75 game. This one means more in the city of Huntington. And you're playing a team that came to your house last year and won the trophy, won the Conference USA Championship. Marshall's going to be ready to roll. Not saying that's going to be the sole reason they win the football game because they're going to be ready to roll. Every team should be ready to roll on Saturday. But we know how this game is in the city of Huntington. It means more, especially this one, because it works out in a way you're playing the team that came to your house, hoisted the trophy on your logo. Oh, yeah, right right on. Yeah, right on. Yeah, in say. December. It, it's not a good taste. It's a bitter taste for these players. I think Marshall is going to have a, a mindset ready to play in this football game. And again, Marshall, four wins in a row. The defense has been a key. But we, we, we all remember what UAB did to Grant Wells last year. He struggled. He did not complete a pass in the entire first half. Took him halfway till the third quarter to finally complete a pass. The defense has been good. That's going to be a key, but it's going to come down to can Marshall's offense make enough winning plays on Saturday against the Blazers. Final game will pick UTEP North Texas, 6-3 and three, UTEP, 3-6 three and six, North Texas. I think the slide continues for UTEP. They're a good football team, but I don't think they're ready to figure out how do we right the ship when adversity hits us. I think North Texas gets the job done. UTEP's lost two in a row. North Texas has won two in a row. I think the Mean Green continue that momentum at home, continue to vie for bowl eligibility. UTEP loses. I'll take the Mean Green. Justin, it's your show. Alrighty, thank you, Andrew. And we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, Ben Cowan and I will take you the rest of the way home. Andrew Rogers is going to head downstairs. You're going to hear from him in about 15 minutes on Sportsview with women's golf, but you're listening to Inside Conference USA on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. After the phone interview, I assumed the apartment was mine, but when I got to the place and the manager saw me, he told me it was no longer available. My husband and I wanted to see all the neighborhoods with great schools, but our real estate agent only showed us the communities where she thought we would be more comfortable. I was so excited to move into my new place, but now that I'm here, I found out that the landlord is charging me higher rent than my neighbors. Now that doesn't make me feel very welcome. These individuals may have experienced housing discrimination. The Fair Housing Act prohibits discrimination because of race, color, national origin, religion, sex, disability, and familial status. If you've experienced discrimination, call 1-800-669-9777 or visit www.hud.gov fairhousing. Live free from housing discrimination. Hi, this is Amari Bradshaw, two-time Super Bowl champion, and you're listening to the worldwide leader of martial athletics coverage, the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to Inside Conference USA. It's a little lonely in here. Andrew Rogers has went downstairs, but we got Ben Carroll, so we're, we're good. We get a little, yeah, I'm here. We get a little practice run for uh, for next year, yeah, but, you know, it's just a little preview. Yeah. But All right, Justin, what do you want to talk about? All right, well, we got to do the bullseye. We, we oh, got, the bullseye. We, we always okay. got to check on, our, on the bullseye, see what the bullseye... How'd the bullseye do last week? Well, the bullseye did pretty well last week. All right. Uh, week 10, I chose... The bullseye was North Texas over Southern Miss. Said so take the over. That completely happened. It, I mean, it, yeah, was, it, yeah, it was... It was like... It was cherry-picking, but I mean, it was it was the right thing to do, and I didn't really see much of a better matchup. So week 11... I'm going to go against the grain a little bit here. Okay. Based off of what Andrew just closed out on, where he said, UTEP, the skid's going to continue. 
I'm saying the other thing's going to happen. UTEP over North Texas. The line's really close. It's a really close line. It's just one point. Uh, but UTEP, surprisingly, they're not the favorite team. They're, they've been the better team this season. I get they've lost two in a row, but you know the skid of the last two games stops here because and we've been mentioning this all show. Yeah. UTSA is the catalyst. I mean, mm-hmm. after a team gets beat by UT, uh, uh, UTSA, after they, after they lose to the Roadrunners, they turn it around. They turn it around. And UTEP, I fully believe, is going to rebound this weekend versus North Texas. I got UTEP. As my bullseye, they're going to win that game. Well... Think great minds think alike on because the number winner is going to be UTEP as well. I think that's been our theme all episode has been U U UTSA is like the like it changes the season. Yeah, I mean North Texas has been red hot, but I think UTEP. First of all, you you got beat on national television, and it wasn't even close. So you're going to have a little more at ju- home, right? At home, nationally televised game. Okay, it wasn't the Fowler Hershey game, but it was a ten o'clock game. You, you you know you were the following act to. Kentucky, Tennessee, but you you still had still a on national television, big game, you know, so. that doesn't happen every single day. And then it was a pretty bad loss to a very good Roadrunners team. But UTEP is not a bad team right. because they lost to a ranked team in Conference USA, which doesn't happen every single day. So uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna go UTEP. All right, we're gonna go back up the Saturday slate. It's kind of Let's say, well, we, that was we, a, we started from the bottom now. Yeah, because I think because I think you and I both agreed on that. Cause <laughs> yeah, because yeah. uh, at least our, our picks. All right, let's go out to uh, Houston, right? Western Kentucky taking on Rice. We've talked about Western Kentucky five and four, four and one in conference US pl- USA play. This could be a good. This could put them ahead if the game of the week that we're, which we'll get to before we our last game before if Marshall were to stumble against UAB. This could really be key in that divisional race. So, Ben, your thoughts on this one? First and foremost, I like the Hilltoppers in this one. Rice, as we were addressing earlier in the program, Rice is a very interesting football team this year because they have that ability, again, <laughs> since getting blown up by UTSA, uh, they've kept it close these past couple of weeks. They just haven't been able to pull it off, but they've been very, very, very close. Uh Western Kentucky's defense has been on a bit of a roll as of late, but then again, their opponents have been down a cylinder, so to say. And uh, Western, their defense is still operating well. I still, I don't think this is going to be a blowout of a game, but certainly I think Western is going to come out on top. Their offense is just better than Rice. Uh, I mean, Rice lost to North Texas and. Quite honestly, if I had North Texas and WKU facing off, I would take Western Kentucky six ways to Sunday. So I I like the Hilltoppers in this one over Rice, although I think it might be a relatively close game. Yeah, I was gonna I'm gonna go with Western, but I'm gonna preface my pick with this. Remember, Marshall fans, what happened December fifth, twenty twenty? Rice came in. Marshall was ranked at the time, but that's beside the point. Marshall had the East Division locked up basically. But Marshall had Rice comes in and they cause carnage. First, well, first ever shutout loss. Right, first ever Joe, shutout at Jones Edwards Stadium. Shutout loss, but that kind of it went on a downward spiral. So if you're Western Kentucky, you can't just go in there being like, "Oh, Rice lost her opponent." This, I think, Rice is one of those teams like when the end of the season comes around, they kind of know, "Hey, we're good enough." This is when we're going to get good. This is when we're going to cause all the problems, and we're going to ruin a bunch of team seasons. Well, it's listen. Last year, Marshall was rolling 
young QB, good offense. But the only difference is that it's not at Western Kentucky. That's right. my thing is that. Uh, but I'm just saying you can't just sit there. And... Rice could certainly play spoiler. Right. So I'm going to go Western, but I think this game is going to be closer than a lot of people think. Cause I... All right, do we want to get to the next game? UTSA Southern Miss, the 23rd-ranked Roadrunners. So I... This is just uh, this is just gonna be. <laughs> Do we even have to pick this yeah. one? Let's go UTSA. We, yeah, I think everybody knows who we're. Both of us are going to pick, and really everybody else in the nation. I, yeah. I don't. There's no possible reason you would pick. Since Jim McCormick's gonna have a breakout game, though, he has not had his bit, but he had his best game against UTEP. Mm-hmm. I think he'll have another great one against Southern Miss. Southern Miss. Yep. Let's go to the. Uh, Let's go to this game, because this one's interesting, because we talked about spoilers. La Tech could potentially play spoilers. Charlotte's on the road. We mentioned how bad Charlotte is on the road this year. And their final two road games are teams that might not play, not have not had the best of seasons, but one of those road teams could play spoiler. So, Ben, let me ask you, is Charlotte going to get spoiled going down to Louisiana? Rice is, or excuse me, Charlotte is... They just have not had it on the road this year. And I, I get uh, the last time they played on the road, they were without Reynolds at, at QB, and uh, they lost 13-45 to 45 to Western. But uh, outside of, what, beating FIU, uh, they lost on the road to Illinois. They lost on the road to Georgia State. Uh, their strength has been, home, uh, has been home games this year. And... I, I just don't see that pattern changing. Uh, Louisiana Tech, two and seven, but the record doesn't tell the full tale. Where yeah, they play a lot of close games. Early they've on. had so many close games this year, and as of late, they've been kind of wishy-washy. But I I like Louisiana Tech in this one. They need a statement win late in this season. I mean, they can't really make a push here. It's a little too late. But oh, I think yeah, I think they're I think they're, they're, but, they're on the submarine going down. <laughs> yeah. But the same way. same time, Charlotte has been hovering right around 500 where they can't really get it they haven't had an impressive win in an away game all season long again versus FIU is their only away game win so and FIU is a mess so I I like Louisiana Tech in this one I'm gonna take Louisiana Tech I think they get it done over Charlotte because Charlotte has just not proven to me that they can get it done on the road versus a solid team they got Reynolds this time so I'm gonna go Charlotte but let me, let me just say this real quick. If you're Charlotte, this is a season-saving win if you win this game. This could save your chance at the conference title. Is it going to help your cause? You gotta, you're you going to have to get some help from Western and Marshall and FAU a little bit. But you win, you, you stay in the picture. You lose, time to go kick rocks. Just try to win another game, go to bowl season, and call it la-di-da. All right, let's go down to the two FIU right now where that program is in turmoil. We, I mentioned earlier the AD's now out of a job. When the AD's normally out of a job, football coaches and basketball coach are normally up up next on the chopping block, but let's just let's just pick football here. FIU Middle Tennessee. I like well <laughs> Middle. I Middle, the Blue Raiders. Uh FIU has just been a mess all season long and it's at middle. I, I just don't see FIU storming into middle. And I mean, then again, middle has been, again, kind of wishy-washy as of late also. But, you know, maybe FIU could put up some points, but they just haven't shown anything this year. They're 0-5 in conference. I think that 
that bumps up to zero and six this week. Blue Raiders get the victory. I'm gonna go middle here as well. Uh, we gotta go a little quickly because we have two games, and I want to get to the realignment because we do have some new members in Conference USA. FAU and Old Dominion. This game is very interesting. FAU is another team. Could be a season-saving win if they get it. If Old Dominion wins, you could have FAU kicking rocks, but FAU kind of needs to win and some help. I'm, I'm going to go with the Owls here because I think they're going to rebound after uh, the Marshall game. I like the Owls in this game, too. ODU is – we'll keep this game close, especially at home. I mean, o, ODU has – They've played phenomenal this year at home. I mean, they've been great at home, and it reminds me of – I mean, they started out kind of rusty, but that's because they didn't play last year. And – ODU reminds me of that team where just what was it a couple of years a couple of years ago they beat Virginia Tech at ODU wasn't did that happen yeah I, I, I believe I think so, so yeah. they had the the big upset where they beat VT at ODU in the you know the Battle of Virginia there and ODU has that same underdog magic where I I, I think they are able they're gonna one of these times they're gonna pull off something but. I just don't see it happening against FAU this weekend. I, I just, you know. I think they could play spoiler a little bit. They could play spoiler. If there's going to be an upset this week, I believe this is the game where they could really put a, a damper on FAU's chances to win the uh, win the East. But I like FAU in this game. Uh, they're going to rebound after the after losing to Marshall at home. They they need to. If they want to stay in contention and. ODU has been good this year, but they really haven't been that team to go out there and just take it from from a, a real contender. They were really close against Marshall. I think they're going to be really close against FAU, but I just don't see ODU getting it done. I think FAU takes the victory. All right, we, we got one more game left. We'll just end on this because the conference realignment, that will probably push it next week, but we'll, I'll just briefly bring that up after this. But UAB and Marshall, this game has a lot of potential. We're not going to pick it because it's going to be on our airwaves, but... I was walking by the weight room the other night, and they got a nice sign plastered. A very nice sign. It's a word I cannot say on, on air, but it is Blake UAB. If you think these guys are not juiced up, they're ready to go. And I think that in a lot of this, they're going to have that image of UAB standing on their field, lifting the Conference USA Trophy. Now, with that being said, I think the discipline could cause some more problems in this game. Because then they're going to be all juiced up a little bit. I mean, I'm just saying just from the football standpoint. When you have a bad image in your head, you, they're going to be juiced up. And I think you have, I think you might have a lot more penalties in this game than, than a normal week. What do you think, you're Ben? Marshall just needs to not make any mistakes. Where they're coming off of a almost a flawless victory versus a, a good FAU team. You know, now they're sitting at the top of the East. Uh Marshall just needs to not make any mistakes here because they're coming in with a lot of a lot of anger and vitriol and they want blood after last year after that loss at home against UAB and again it's the 75 game too where there's a, there's a little extra pep in the step you know there's a lot more meaning to this game yeah. and especially yeah. in, a, in a rivalry game too you add that layer to everything and Marshall just has to come out energized they have to come out with purpose but most importantly they just need to not make mistakes where if grant wells can again <laughs> in the past he's been prone to interceptions but if he can play clean and the defense has a, a complete performance at the d-line i mean whole team just needs to not make mistakes don't make nearly as many mistakes i think marshall would be able to take home this very important game for the program 
And real quick, we don't have time to get to conference draft, but I'm sure conference USA, they're linked to more members. So we'll introduce these new teams again. Jacksonville State, Liberty University, New Mexico State, and Sam Houston State are the new members joining Conference USA. Liberty, the big one there. Yeah, effective twenty twenty three. I'm sure we'll talk about that before, but we gotta get we gotta get ready for Sports View and downstairs. And so for that, we'll say for now for Andrew Rogers, Ben Cower, I'm Justin Zimmer. Have a good night. Sports View is next on the Canadian Sports Radio Network. Thank you for listening to Inside Conference USA on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Tune in again next Wednesday at 5.30 for another episode.